do we deal with the problem? How do we solve this? Well, it'd be good for us to go to the Bible, okay? So let's go to Matthew 19, 16, and 17. Matthew 19, 16, and 17. Maybe you've read this verse, but I want to read with you and, and shine some light in a way that might help you understand. It says, no one, this is Jesus speaking, okay? Jesus says, no one sews a patch of unstruck cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. What's Jesus talking about? New wine, new wineskin, patch, new, what, what a mess. One time I was reading about this and I didn't understand and I, and I told the Holy Spirit, I said, I'm not going to leave this room until I understand this verse. And I stayed there for over an hour. It wasn't quick. It was way over an hour. And then finally, like the Holy Spirit showed me, I'm, Lucas, this is mentality. I'm talking about mentality. So what is he saying? Jesus is saying, he's talking about mentality. And mentality affects behavior. <coughs> so to change our behavior, how we do things or how we live, we have to change our mentality, how we think, okay? So how does that happen? Now, you got to understand that God doesn't want us to pour new ideas into old mentalities. God is not going to give new ideas to pour into old mentalities because we won't be able to, to, to hold it, okay? It will destroy us. But he doesn't want to get rid of the old mentality or, or, or the, old, the old way of doing things. What he wants to do is he wants to give you a new mentality so you can withstand the new ideas. So God doesn't want us to shift just with younger people. God doesn't want us to step in life into new things and leave everything behind. No, he wants to renew our minds so he can give us the new ideas so we can withstand the new. Now, look what Paul says in Romans 12 too. Romans 12, you know this verse very well. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are we transformed? By the renewing of our mind. How are we transformed? By the renewing of our mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. When, we, when, when God, the Holy Spirit, renews our mind, we are going to be able to approve uh, to test and approve what God's will is. You want to know what God's will is? Then let him transform your mind. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's will is always good. God's will is always pleasing and it's perfect. So if he's telling us to go to something new, oh, it's going to cost three million pounds. I don't care. Like he has all the money in the world. He can provide, right? It's like, how are we going to do this? We're going to get there. But God can do it. He's good. He's pleasing. His will is perfect. So we need to trust that. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, look, but I can't change. I can't do this. I don't even have enough money. How am I going to gift aid? What am I going to do? 20 pounds a month? How is that going to do anything? You know, I don't know if I'm capable of this new, the, the children's ministry starting new things, the youth ministry trying to do new things. Now they want to do some trips. Uh, we're having now, like we have, did you know that we have 20 nationalities represented in our church? God is doing something new and it's amazing. God's bringing the world to us. So you're thinking, no, but I don't know, I can't do this. I'm not, how, how's God going to do this? And I'll tell you, look at Ephesians 3.20. God gives us the answer. How is God going to do such amazing work through us? 
He says in verse 20, Ephesians 3.20, Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more. God is saying, I am able to do immeasurably more. Can you tell somebody beside you, say, God can do immeasurably more. Do you know what immeasurably more is? Go ahead, say it. Move so you wake up a bit, you know. Say it. Speak faith. God can do immeasurably more. Oh, we got a new building. God can do that building. Make us keep this building. Do something new here. Keep Hope House. We don't know what he's going to do. Okay? So he can do immeasurably more. Maybe we're asking God to help us sell this building. Maybe he'll give us that building, keep this building, and have another building. We don't know. Right? Maybe God will tell us to get a new church somewhere else. We don't know if we want. God is always moving. So he's saying, I'm able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So God is able to do way more than you're thinking, way more than you're praying, way more than you can imagine. And you know how he's going to do it? Through his power that is in you. The Holy Spirit lives in us. God's presence is in us. So how is he going to do it? Through your offering, through your five pounds. The first thing we, we sold here was five pounds. We have over 350,000. Okay? That person thought, all I have is five pounds. God made it 350,000. Okay? So it's the power that is in, within us. So I want you to say this to yourself. Say this. God's power is within me. Say it. God's power is within me. God's going to do it. He's going to do it through you. The power is within you. Amen? So I'll, I'll say to some of you, Suzanne, the power is within you. Okay? The power is within you, Tony. It's within you, Leticia. It's within you. Matt, it's within you. It's within us. God's going to use us. He does it through us, for us, and, and in us. So how is he going to do it through us? Because first he's going to do it in us. He's going to transform the way we think. He's going to prepare us for him to do what he wants to do. So God is amazing. He's working. I don't know if you have noticed this, but there's like a, a movement going on in our church. We can feel God moving. We can feel people exciting about coming to church. They're excited about coming to Real Hope. They're excited about coming to Bible study. People are excited about talking about the youth. God is doing new things. So I'll tell you this morning, get ready. Get ready. Tell somebody beside you, get ready. God's doing something. Get ready. Like, get ready to move. God's doing. So, I ask you now that I've said all this. Who here wants to do more in their lives? Think with me. I want to do more. I'm, uh, I've done some things, but I want more. I'm that way. I always want more. For me, I'm, I praise God. I thank for the things that are coming, but I'm always looking for more. I'm always looking for something new, something to tweak. There's more. There's more. The Bible says that old people will dream dreams, right? They will do things. So it doesn't mean, oh, I'm 60, I'm past 60, and I don't know what God will do now. I don't know. God can do it. God used Nora to bless my life like you don't even know when I went to the prayer meeting, Right? I had no idea that the Holy Spirit would move through her in that powerful way and encourage me when I was in the prayer meeting. So I want you to, to think about this. Now I want you to think about as well, who wants God to do more in this church? Are we satisfied with this building? Are we satisfied with some of these empty seats? Now maybe you think, I'm comfortable here. I love this. I've been here 60 years. Yeah, but how many people are out there that could be in here and they're going to hell? Church is not about us. We're saved. We're going to heaven. But what about everybody who's not? Right? 
So God wants to do new things. So we need to start talking about change. Start talking about change. Start talking about the things that are going on. Start talking about renovation in the youth room. Start talking about the new uh, children's service. Start talking about the new trips we're going to do. Start talking about, you know what? We got missionaries in Nepal. We sent two. Next time, let's send 20. We have a pastor now who's from Brazil. Let's take a mission trip over there. You know, let's do things. Let's make things happen. God can do it, you know. Uh, and you need to start speaking faith in all situations of your life, in your marriage. Speak faith. God will transform my husband. God will start doing things in my kids. They will turn things around. God will help me in my job. God will help me with this dream I have in my business. We need, we need to speak faith. I want you to, to take a moment. You know, like I know uh, English people are more quieter than Brazilians. That's okay. So I don't want you, I know you're not going to shout, you know, start speaking faith. But in your mind, you can speak speak it but don't just speak it in your mind say it out loud like soft even but it needs to come out of your mouth when Jesus creates something when God creates something he always uses a word I never saw in the Bible Jesus come to a guy to a crippled guy and he's gonna pray for him and say you know and Jesus don't no, you need to speak faith how did light come let there be light the Holy Spirit comes through word Jesus is the word so you got to speak things into faith. So you need to say, my son's relationship is going to be a blessing. My son will turn this around. My kids are going to all be saved. My job in, in America, Simon, is going to be amazing. God's going to do things there like you've never seen it. You know, God will start. we got 15 Farsis here now. Maybe God will start a Farsi service in our church. Who knows? Right? We have to speak things into faith. And I want to tell you, four quick exercises that will help us change in, in mentality. How we can do things to start changing our mentality. One, I'll go through these quickly, but there's one that I'll spend a little bit more time on. The first one is make room for increase. Can you say that to me? Make room. Say, no, go, go with me. Say, make room, make room. For, increase. for increase. And we are doing that. We are doing new things. We are going to a new building. We are, we are making room for increase. We want more. If we want more, we need more. We need more space. We need more leaders. We need more trained people. We need more pastors. We need more elders. We need more people singing in the worship. We have this huge piano nobody plays. Why? I can't play. Maybe God will give me the gift. But if you have the gift, why are you not playing? <laughs> so let's get going. And the number, so that's number one. Okay, what's number one? Make room for increase. Number two is expect God's favor. A lot of us are saying God is great, but you don't expect anything. You pray, but you don't expect God to do it. If, oh, God healed me. Oh, you have been praying for this healing five years. You know, oh, we're going to build the building. Yeah, but we've been praying for this for 15 years, you know. So, yeah, you got to expect change. You got to expect that God will do things. And I'll tell you this. God is about to shift things in our church. He's about to start a pivoting moment in our church. And I'll tell you a story. I was with my family in Disney World. Has anybody here been in Disney World? Not the one in Paris, the real one. <laughs> I'm just playing. I was in the one in Florida with my family. And if you've ever been to a park like Disney, it's huge, it's massive, and it's always busy. And we went in July, so it was really busy. And we were sitting in this line for hours to get into this ride. So, you know, I'm excited. You know, I had friends. I had my brothers. We have a big family. So we're talking, you know, we're, we're, huge expectation of this ride. 
And then we kind of adjusted ourselves. So when we go in, we went in like this. So this is the front of the ride. We went in and we stayed right there. We're like, oh my God, we're going to be the first one. We're going to have the best seat. Dad, look, and we're going to be seeing everything because we're right in the front. But then some teenagers started coming in and some kids started coming in. And all of a sudden, we started like moving back. You know, what's going on? You know, and then we were kind of aggravated that we we're moving back, but we're here to have fun. We're Christians. You know, most of the guys in my family are ministers. So we're like, all right, let's just praise God. And that's it. And then all of a sudden we found ourselves, I'll move up so you all can see me. We found ourselves exactly in the same spot that we had just entered. You know, it wasn't fair. It wasn't right. We got there first. We waited for hours, but we were okay. So we're standing there. So this lady comes in and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Now we're about to embark on this journey, blah, 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 like they always do. It's like, now we're getting ready to start our ride. So if you please just shift to the same way you came in, that's where we're going to start. All of a sudden, we were first in line. All of a sudden, God shifted us. Whoop, a pivot came. And there, we we're first, man. The last shall be first, right? God is doing something. All it takes is one shift, one favor. And it's the same thing in our life. All of a sudden, God sends a gift of 100,000 pounds. All of a sudden, God sends a businessman whose heart he's touched and he's ready to invest in the community center. All of a sudden, some people start waking up, start talking about their neighbors, start, you have contacts in business, you start making contacts, and you don't know how God's going to do it and what God's going to use. But all it takes is a shift. All of a sudden, there's a shift in your, in your uh, cancer. You go, you go there, and then all of a sudden, God touches it. Ah, I'm here, there's no more cancer. You know, the, the skin's negative. All of a sudden, people said, it's impossible for you to be pregnant. All of a sudden, you're, I'm pregnant. You know, you've just encountered a shift of God's favor. Amen? And God's doing it. So you're about to encounter a shift. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You don't have to worry about how it's going to be done. It's His work. He's worried about it more than us. It doesn't matter because the miracle never happens in your hand. We just distribute God's gift. The miracle happens in his hands. So the Hebrew word for spirit, now it's done by the spirit, so stay with me. Uh, the Hebrew word for spirit means breath, means breathe, and means wind. So when God made Adam, we had a man made of clay, right, of dirt, so he had no life. He was just this clay doll type thing. But then the Bible says that God breathed his spirit of life. And then he had life. That spirit, wind, fruach in, in Hebrew. So the same spirit, the same breath of God is here to bring us life, to move us forward, to shift us into his, to his, his, his new coming. And I want to show you a story about the Israelites. Remember when the, Isra the Israelites had left Egypt and they were all free. They had gone through the Red Sea, all the miracles God had done. And now they had no food. So God sent manna, which is like a type of porridge bread type thing that they ate. Okay, and manna was sent every day because if you try to hold on to it to the next day, it would ruin. So you had to get, get it every single day. Okay, and then, so there's the manna, but ah, it's bread from heaven. It must, be, it must be amazing. But even bread from heaven, if you're eating it 24 hours a day, every single day, you know, you don't have a, a biscuit, 
You don't have English tea and all this, you know, uh, all the, but, you know, these other things. It's always mana, 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 mana. And then finally the people start getting tired and saying, you know what? I want a T-bone steak, man. I'm tired of mana. I want a steak. I want a sirloin. I want a ribeye. I want to, do, I want to eat something. So they start complaining. So what does Moses do? He, he takes it to God. He's like, it's not my problem. It's God's problem. God, people want steak, you know? And then God's, oh, why don't you tell me? You want a steak? I'll give you steak. But I'm going to give you so much steak that's not going to be for one day. I'm not going to give you steak for one week. I'm going to give you enough steak for you to eat and come out your ears for a month. And he's like, a month? Even if we kill all our cattle, how in the world are we going to have that much steak? He's like, just wait. Look what it says in Numbers 11.31. It says, now, a wind. Remember, Ruach, the spirit. Blowing. Says, a wind went out from the Lord, from the Lord, and drove quail in from the sea. It scattered them up two cubits high, deep. That means three feet deep. That's about this high. It scattered them up three feet deep all around the camp, like in a, in a, 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 a diameter, right? A radius. As far as a day's walk in any direction. They had three feet high of meat in any direction they walked for a whole day. Can you imagine you walk a whole day through meat? <laughs> and God did that through his wind. And things just fell down on the camp. Ah, oh, it's a coincidence. A coincidence? All the way around the camp, right where they were, three feet deep, when God said before he did it that he was going to send meat? Now... What I'm showing you here is you don't, we don't need to go chasing the blessing. Walk with God. Walk with Jesus. He brings the blessing to you. He is the blessing. A lot of times we're, oh, we need a blessing. Oh, we need a blessing. you got the God of miracles, the provider, the creator. He's within us. He is all powerful. We walk with the blessing. And we need to understand that. So I tell you, stay strong. Just, just keep pushing. Keep being faithful. Keep uh, you know, write yourself up for the gift aid. Oh, I can only give a little. Give what you can. God can multiply that. And then one more story for us to, to, to keep going. In Genesis 48, 1 and 2, you don't need to go there. I'll just tell you the story. This is a story when Jacob, remember Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is now old. He's getting blind. He's so old, he, he can't see very well. And his favorite son is Joseph. So he says, Joseph, bring your sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and I'm going to bless them. Now you've got to keep up with me because in this, in this tradition, in their culture at this time, the biggest blessing was always done with the right hand. So you bless your oldest son with the right hand. That's the norm. That's the rule. That's tradition. That's how it's done. Okay? So what does Joseph do? He puts Manasseh, who is the oldest, right in front of the right hand of Jacob. And he puts Ephraim right on the left hand so he can bless them accordingly. What does, jo does Jacob do? He's, are, are, my, are my grandkids here? Yes, dad, he's here. Okay, I'm going to bless them. And then jo Joseph, no, no, dad, this one is the oldest. I know, I'm blessing him with the biggest blessing because he is the one that God is choosing to use. Now, I'll tell you, it wasn't tradition. It wasn't the culture. It wasn't the right way. It wasn't how things were done. It wasn't even his turn 
but God crossed his, like Jacob crossed his hand to bless him that way because that's how God chose to do it. So I'll tell you, this morning, the same God is here. The same Spirit is here. He'll cross his hands if he has to. Oh, it's not my turn. Oh, I was in the back of the line. Oh, I'm old. Oh, I've never done this. Oh, I've never been to this place. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. He can cross his hands to bless us, to do something that we never even thought was possible. And God is here this morning. I, I know that for sure. The same spirit is here. And we serve a God. Jesus is an expert in causing shifts in people's lives. Just look at some of these with me. How about the fishing story? They've been expert fishermen, fishing all night. They fished all night. Then they're bringing their boat in. Then Jesus goes, hey, did you catch anything? No. Throw it on the right side of the boat, the other side. What? Who is this guy? We fished all night, man. This guy didn't even know what he's doing. This is the wrong place, the wrong time, the wrong side. It's not even deep enough. And they went, hey, man, just throw the thing. And then a shift came. And they had so much fish that they needed help bringing the boat in. You know? How about the multiplication of five bread, two fish? What? This is a snack. And then God prayed. It doesn't say that God prayed and it was multiplied. It says God, Jesus prayed, he gave thanks, and he says, distribute. Maybe God is telling you, pray for what you have. Oh, it's five pounds, pray. Give thanks, give. But it's, give. Your job is not to multiply. He multiplies. Your job is to give, is to distribute, is to participate. We participate in what he's doing. We don't make what he's doing. Okay? And there are others, but I'll, I'll, I'll skip through time's sake. Let's go through John 5, 1 through 9. You don't need to read it again. I'll just tell you the story. This is the cure of the man who was paral the paralytic in the pool of Bethesda. Now, what happened in the pool of Bethesda? There was an angel sent from God that would stir up the water. Whoever got in there first would be healed. Once a year, would be healed. This guy was there lying down 38 years. Could you imagine from the 37th to the 38th, like how he went? I'm, I'm sure he wasn't like, yeah, this is my year. God's going to heal me. You know? Well, first he couldn't jump, right? <laughs> he was paralytic. But uh, he would have he been there like, what are you doing here? I mean, I've got no place to be, man. You know? I have nowhere to be. I have no one. So I'm just here. I know I'm not going to get there. But at least I'm here. I have my friends. I'm used to this. I've been here 38 years. I'm about to die anyways. Nothing's going to change. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. And what does Jesus do? Jesus comes to him. Now, the favor, the shift comes to him. And Jesus says, do you want to be well? And what does he say? Ah, there's no one to take me to the pool. Now, maybe this morning, God is asking us the same thing. Do you want to build this new building? Do you want to change lives? Do you want something new? And you're, we don't have the money. We don't have the resources. He's not asking you if you have the resources. He didn't ask him, can you get to the pool? He asked, do you want to be well? Well, he should have been, of course I want to be well. You know, and Jesus says, okay, get up and walk. Take up your mat and go. And Jesus can do the same with us. And then some of you are thinking, it's been 13 years. We've been talking about this since I was a child, this thing. This is never going to happen. And Jesus is saying, do you want to build this building? Do you want to have a new church? Do you want to grow? Do you want to do more? Do you want to go to new things? Do you want to get well? Consider God, not the circumstances. If you focus on the problem, you will never see the solution. 
One few last things and we'll pray. Mary, Martha, they were focusing on the problem. Jesus arrives at Lazarus' funeral. He walks in and they come angry. If you had been here, maybe he would have been healed. And Jesus says, take me to the tomb. And they walk him over there. Remove the stone. Jesus, it's been four days. It's, he already smells bad. And Jesus is saying the same thing to you. Remove the stone. Oh, it's, it's dead. It's done. Remove the stone. What's, what's keeping you from receiving the miracle? Remove it. And Jesus does the miracle. They're focusing on the problem, not the solution. Uh, let me tell you some people that did focus on the solution, though, and not the circumstances. How about Mary, Jesus' mother? The angel comes to her, says, Blessed are you among women. You will have a son. Me? I'm a virgin. I'm not even married. I'm going to have a son. It's the Holy Spirit is in you. Oh, then let it be so as you say. You see? Focusing on the solution. What about the woman that was bleeding, 12 years bleeding? She heard about Jesus says, I don't need to speak to him. I don't need to talk to him. I don't need to touch him. I don't need him to, to pray for me. If I can just touch his cloak, that's it. And then she went, touched his cloak, healed. What about the centurion? Jesus, you don't need to go to my house. Just say the word. Faith. Believing, seeing the circumstances. You say, okay, Lucas, this is all in your life. I mean, it's all in the Bible. What about in reality? This Bible, did that really happen? I'll tell you some of my life real quick before we pray. Uh, before I was dating, I told my friends, God will give me a Brazilian woman. Now, keep in mind, I lived in America, in Bristol. It's a place about 45,000 people. I was the only Brazilian there. A Brazilian woman here? There's no Brazilian here. Well, that's just Americans. How God going to give you? I don't care how she's going to do it. I'm going to marry a Brazilian woman. She's going to be beautiful. Leticia, look, you know, you can see I speak only the truth, you know. Leticia is here. <laughs> and then I said, I want my wife, she's going to be from a Christian family. Not just a Christian, but they're going to be involved in ministry. Because there's a difference between going to church and being involved in church. Being a Christian and actually doing something, you know. So I want someone involved. And wouldn't it be nice if she spoke English and God gave me way more than I had been praying for? I prayed for my wife without knowing her since I was a kid. The first time I saw her, she said she was 13. I was 20. I'm seven years older. And then I said, who's that girl? Oh, Leticia. Oh, 13. Oh, 13. That's it. Done. But God had a purpose. And we met again when she was almost 18. Then we started talking. And then we started dating. And then we got married when she was 19. So God can do way more than you think. When I was in youth ministry in America, I came to the head pastor. And I had, we had made plans. And we had talked about doing a mission trip to Brazil. And then he came to me and said, this date you're saying is in eight months. I said, yeah. How many people you got signed up? None. How much money did you raise? Well, we haven't started. Nothing. And you're going to have all this money, all these people, and go to Brazil in eight months? I said, yeah, because God wants to do this. If God wants to do it, he'll do it. If he put it in our hearts, people are excited about it. Let's, let's go for it. He's like, all right, then you present tomorrow to the session. If they approve it, work on it. I had already, I'm not dumb. I did my part. I had everything in PowerPoint, everything researched. So I went in, the session approved in five minutes. Within eight months, we raised over $60,000. We had money left over that we gave back to the church because we raised more than we needed. 
We, uh, we took 15 teenagers, 12 adults, and myself leading a, a mission team to Brazil for two weeks. So God did it. And the last one, I'll tell you, this is the most, I guess one of the most recent ones. When I was living in Brazil, uh, Leticia and I, we were living with my father-in-law for a moment because we had an expectation of coming to America first. And then ended up staying in this place for almost six years. So, because things didn't work to go to America. And I always told Leticia, I had a dream in my head. I said, Leticia, one day if we can buy a house, I want a house with a huge living room. One that has like steps going over to where you can see the living room and the main part from the stairs. And she's like, yeah, I love that. That's nice, but I don't afford this, you know. It's like I, I, I barely made enough to pay my bills. I said, ah, yeah, but it's in my head. And then my father-in-law said, listen, I'm coming. I'm, I'm thinking about buying this house for you guys to live there until you need it. So to make a short story, to, long story short, we lived in this mansion, five bedrooms, okay? I think four restrooms, swimming pool, cookout, our own private yard, the, the steps over the living room, you know? And then I looked there, I was like, look, let's use God's done. What would have taken us over 40 years, he did it in seconds. That's God's favor, you know? You can work all your life to try to build it yourself, and you won't be able to do it. But his favor, his power in us, can do more than we can imagine. Uh, and then the last two points, I'll just mention these because we need to pray. Remember the first point, make room for increase. The second one where I spend most time, expect God's favor. The third one is pray bold prayers. We're already doing this. People are praying. Maybe you don't know because you're not participating in it, but people are praying bold prayers. Or maybe you are praying bold prayers by yourself and you need to start letting people know what you're praying. Speaking faith into them. God wants to do big things. Because when he does it, when it's done, everybody will know that it's him, not us. If it's something little, oh, we could have done that. Why is he going to do what we can do? He's only going to do what we can't do. Amen? That's when the miracle happens. And the last thing, keep the right perspective. Why are we doing this? To know Jesus better and to make him known. Why do we need to expand for God to be glorified through all these miracles? Why do we need to do this? Why do we need to change for more people to be transformed and live the best life now? There are people that are living a bad life. I met a guy in Brazil. He was from an Asian descent. He was Japanese. And he was a fervent Christian. And he told me something I had never heard in my life. He said, Lucas, when I accepted Jesus in my life, I became angry. I said, angry? I've heard everything, but angry? He's like, I'll tell you why I was angry. I had all these Christians around me. No one had ever told me. Why didn't anybody invite me to go to church? I lived badly for 40 years. I could have been living a much better life. So we can't waste time. Amen? And lastly, because the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray is, be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Bradford, as it is in heaven. So what we want to do is bring heaven to earth. How is heaven going to come to earth? Through us, through the power that's in us. Through the love we show, through the work we do, through our uh, uh, capability of reaching out. We are the, the church. We are Christ's body. How is God going to reach? Through his body. So we bring heaven to earth, to Bradford. Amen.
Let's pray. So remember, this morning, for you to start going in the direction of change, make, start making room for increase. Expect God's favor. Pray both prayers. And keep the right perspective. Amen? Let's pray. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Father God, we give you thanks for this morning. We give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for this church. Father, I give you praise for each member. Father, everyone that I speak, sometimes uh, we hear different things like, oh, I think people are not uh, into it or people uh, are not motivated, but that's not what I see. Everybody that I've been coming to contact with, Father, I see them motivated. I see them excited. I see them uh, praying. I see them working. I've, I've been to all the ministry in this church, and they're all amazing. And I know that you want to do more. So we give you praise, Father, for all that you have done so far, for all the people that have prayed, all the people that have invested their time, their lives, their money, uh, their prayers, uh, their ministry. There's so many people that I never even met, and we are here reaping their, the fruits of their labor, the things that they've planted. And we just, I just arrived here, Father, in a really, really good time. And I praise you for that. That's your favor. I didn't do anything to deserve that, but it's your favor. I praise you for each member here, for each person visiting. I praise you, Father, for all that you are doing. Bless their families. Bless their lives. Bless their minds, Father. Transform our minds through your word, through your spirit. Be active in us. Help us to speak faith into things, to make things happen by your spirit in us. And help us, Father. Do it in us first, and then you will do it through us, Father. We want to be involved in what you are blessing, what you are doing. Uh, like in the Egyptians, Father, that you are always moving. The cloud stands still for a minute, but then it goes up and it moves, and we have to move with you. So, Father, if the cloud is coming up in this building, if it's coming up for a new time, a new stage, we want to move with you. Because the best place to be is under your presence, in the midst of your presence. The old ways were great when you are there, when you are there. But if you move, we need to move with you. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you thanks. I bless each and every member of this church. Thank you for our pastor, Pastor Phil, that is in Nepal. Bless him and Kay there. Use them. Help, help them to bring us good news, Father, of the things that the investment of this church and the prayers are reaching in Nepal. We pray for uh, Josh and for Tony that are going to Brazil, and they are going to be a blessing there, Father. Bless them, refresh them, so when they come back, Father, they can spread the same fire in us. So help us, Father, and bless our nation. Bless the UK. Bless England. Bless Bradford. Father, we want to see new things happening. We want to see this place on fire for you. And we want to see and people to look here and then what's going on in Bradford? And they'll say, God is there. God is moving. God is using the people there. God is doing amazing things. All the churches are united. The churches are praying. They're working. God is doing a new thing. When people talk about England, it's cold. England, nothing is happening. I, that's not what I see, Father. I see a shift. I see things happening. I see churches uniting, people praying together. And we are going to use us. And we praise you for that. Bless us this morning. Inspire us this morning. Motivate us this morning. And let us get out of here, Father, on fire for your work and for the things that you're about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's uh, 